welcome everyone back to the Kotofana Anatomy podcast. And um, now we're in season two. And the topic of this season or the general theme of this season is going to be introduction to the face. After in the last season, we talked about basics of anatomy. Now we're going to focus majorly on the face and what is below the skin, what it does, where it actually comes from. And um, the first topic, so it means episode one, will be facial aging. And for this, I have again my dear, dear friend Pete Steiner with me. Hey, Pete. Hey, Sebastian. How are you? Well, facial aging is the topic of today. And um, Pete, if I would ask you, facial aging, what do you associate with it? I mean, what is for you facial aging? Hmm. For me, it'd be the basics. Age spots, wrinkles, oh, oh. sagging. Wow. Waking up in the morning with dark circles under my eyes like a zombie. <laughs> wow, that, that's already a lot. That's a lot of features, actually, that, that you said about how an aged face looks like. And um, Pete, the funny, the funny thing about this, but actually it's not really funny, it's actually sad, is the fact that facial aging is irreversible. It's actually a process. It's a process that continues and ticks and ticks and never stops and it does not go back. This is how aging is and this is also applicable to the face. But I think this is an important thing that we need to understand, especially all the practitioners out there. They need to understand that, that facial aging is reversible, but there's one thing that they can influence, and that is how aging is presenting. Because we all know the saying, when uh, when we see someone since, uh, since a couple of years again, we don't say, you are so much younger. No, no, no. We say, you look so much younger. That means... relative to the age, the respective person looks younger than we would expect that person to look for that age. And that also includes everything about facial aging. It says that it's an irreversible, unstoppable process, but you can influence how that process presents. And I think this is the beauty about about this profession, especially those who work in aesthetics, that they can influence and trick and mask aging process, which I think is a pretty cool thing, don't you think? That is very cool. But what you're saying is with aging, like body muscles, as you age, you can work out to bring those back, but that's not so with facial muscles? No. With No, that doesn't work. With the face, it just doesn't work. I mean, they're they are proclaimed some certain, let's say, exercises for the face that claim to work and because of certain features, but it does not work with the face, unfortunately. But um, to to understand why it does not work or why other things work or how all of this aging process is ongoing, we need we need to understand kind of like what is affected by aging. And this what refers to all of the structures that can be found in the face. So the structures that are present in the face is like the skin, the fat, the fascias, the ligaments, the muscles, and of course, the bone. So all of these structures that I just mentioned, all of them are located in the face. And all of these structures, they can age, but they 
all of them, when they age, they age at a different speed. So some of them age significantly faster than others. For instance, skin aging is significantly faster than is, for instance, bone aging. And also this sequence of when this process of aging starts is different. For instance, skin aging starts a little bit later, but bone aging starts starting around with the age of 30. So it means it's a constant process in every structure, all of them that I mentioned previously, all of them undergo the aging process at a different speed, and they start at a different time. So this is kind of like for these structures for now, but now you need to add that every person ages differently, and then genders age differently, and then people from different ethnic backgrounds, they also age differently. So there are so many factors that influence how age presents individuals. But here comes the tricky thing. When you look at a face as a physician or as a practitioner, you need to decode what you see. So you need to decode the age-related appearance that you see in front of you. You need to decode it into the specific structures that contributed to the aged appearance. For instance, when you look in a face and you see certain features, you know exactly that this is skin only. That's only skin only damage. None of the other ones have contributed to that respective factor. So the treatment needs to be driven accordingly kind of focusing on a structure that resulted in the respective changes. And there are some other features that age differently. For instance, when there's bone aging majorly involved at higher age, for instance, the skin can be perfect, but there's just no bony volume in the mandible. No bony volume in the mandible, maybe due to teeth loss, maybe due to bony resorption. And this also results in a whole complete change in a facial shape in the facial soft tissues, in laxity, in sagging, and even in the shape and position of the lips and in the corner of the mouth. Everything changes just because the bone of the mandible kind of started to undergo processes of bone resorption and bone remodeling. So this is kind of the thing that we always need to understand when it comes to facial aging and how all of these respective structures um, look like with higher age. But now, if we think about all of these structures, and we're starting from deeper locations, let's say from the bone, we know that the bone undergoes substantial amount of bone remodeling. I use this term because it's really a remodeling, because bone substance is not only there to give structure, but it's also deposit of calcium, so which is kind of dual function. So it means when we need calcium, then it's being taken away from the bone, because this is what the body needs. So it's a constant remodeling process, kind of depositing and taking away, depositing and taking away. So this is called bone remodeling. In a phase, the bone remodeling process results in the fact that the calvaria, which is the cap of the neurocranium, just becomes smaller. So the volume of the calvaria reduces. We showed this in a previous study, and this results in a fact that the soft tissues which overlie the bone, they lose their bony fundament. The same thing happens in the forehead. This is why at higher age, the eyebrows move a little bit lower. And the same happens in the mid-face. And in the mid-face, it's especially crucial because you can see the mid-face directly. And the effects from the mid-facial aging, they can be perceived and seen in the lower face. How can you imagine this? Let's take a table 
and the table has a tablecloth on top of it. The tablecloth has the same size, a perfect size, and it does not reach the ground because the table is large enough. But what happens if the table suddenly reduces its size? The table, the plate of the table, is smaller than before. Then the tablecloth in relationship is larger and suddenly it starts to reach the ground and to touch the floor. And this is not because the tablecloth suddenly became longer or larger. No, it's just because the underlying fundament lost its support and its size and its extent. And this is how we can imagine bone aging of the face. There were a couple of studies that have indicated, for instance, that the lateral inferior orbiter is increasing in diameter. Also that the mid-face reduces in mid-facial height. And then in the mid-face, then there's a process of clockwise rotation. But funny enough, only when you look from the right side. When you look from the left side, it's anti-clockwise rotation. So this is kind of like a definitional component. But um, yeah, it's called also the clockwise rotation of the facial skeleton, a, a theory that was um, put up a couple of years ago. And But all of these changes adding together, what they actually do is they indicate that we're losing the bony fundament for everything that's connected to the bone and that overlies the bone. So I think there's an important aspect to think about um, the bone. If we now think about other structures, for instance, structures that are connected to the bone, like the facial muscles. The facial muscles, current research is a little bit inconclusive what happens to muscles located in the face. But for this, we need to separate facial muscles into two different aspects, which we're going to cover in a in one of the future episodes about um, facial muscles. But the major component when it comes to facial muscles is that um, they do not really age. Current recent studies have indicated that they do not truly age. But there are some muscles, like the muscle located in the glabella, which have shown to increase in their signal-to-noise ratio. Or there are some other muscles in the midface, like the zygomaticus major, who decreases in its signal. There can be some indications that facial muscles still do truly age, but um, the evidence at the moment is very low for this. So this is why we should stick with what we know, and what we know at the moment is facial muscles do not really age in the face. And to be honest, it makes sense, actually. Why should you have a limited or a smaller, reduced possibility to express your emotions at higher age? That's pretty unfair, don't you think? That is so unfair. I agree. So why should facial muscles do that? But, well, at the moment, I think, um, again, we should stick to what we know, and that is kind of like facial muscles do not truly age. And then we have other structures in the face, like ligaments and fascias. Interestingly enough, at this point, there's no scientific evidence that ligaments increase in laxity or become longer, or that fascias become more lax at higher age. There's no study that has shown this. Well, to be precise, there was one study that was done in rabbits, and at higher age it was shown that genetic expression of a, of a gene that codes for a protein that's called lubricin that kind of keeps tendon and ligaments a little bit um, soft and elastic, that gene is reduced at higher age. But that study was done in rabbits, and it was done in collateral ligaments of the knee. 
So it's kind of, I'm not sure how applicable that is for humans in a face, but that's so far the only study that has provided a little bit of evidence. But all of the other studies have not shown any evidence for this. So again, if we stick to what we know, we also need to conclude that ligaments do not increase in laxity at higher age. But we need to understand that ligaments are connected to the bone, and we know that the bone changes. So maybe what we actually do is we attribute that the change we see is caused by ligaments, but actually it's the bone. How do we decipher this? It's pretty tricky. At the moment, we have no real um, knowledge how to best do this, but I think it's important to discuss the age-related changes of uh, ligaments and fascias in the face as well. And apart from that, of course, we do have fat. We have a substantial amount of fat in the face. We have superficial fat compartments. We have deep fat compartments. And recent research has shown that we lose fat in the face. We just lose fat in the face, and that fat goes either into the abdomen, goes either into the liver, into the bone marrow. It kind of is being just redistributed. And the fat that we lose is both superficial and deep fat. Both of these um, fatty layers, the subdermal fat and the preperiosteal fat, they reduce in volume. And when they reduce in volume, what happens is the location where they are, and that's called the fat compartments. And these fat compartments, you can imagine them like, um, like rooms, like chambers, or like pillows, actually. Yeah, pillows. Pillows which have a lot of stuffing um, inside, which gives the pillow a very nice shape, very solid, very stable. And if you remove that volume from inside the pillow, the pillow becomes very fluffy, very lax, not very stable at all. And this is how you can imagine that fat compartments contribute to an aged facial appearance because when the volume is gone, then the soft tissues do not have a lot of support. And um, this is what we do know so far about um, the fat compartments and the fatty layers in the face, how they contribute. And then the last component actually is the skin, right? I mean, we do know that skin loses a substantial amount of elasticity and proteins and collagen denaturation. All of these things happen that result in this colorations of the skin surface and in increase in um, wrinkle status, increase in wrinkle depth, increase in wrinkle presence. And also when it comes to skin, we also need to understand that a younger age when the skin is folded in wrinkles, the skin can go back to its normal shape. We call this dynamic wrinkles because those wrinkles are only present under dynamic conditions of the face. So that means when the skin of the face is moving. And these dynamic wrinkles at higher age, at some point, they transition into static wrinkles. So that means even if there's no movement, you can still see the line. And this is kind of an um, indication or an effect of facial aging that affects the skin surface. You can very much imagine this with creases on the shoe. When a shoe is very new, everything looks nice, but if you walk a lot with that shoe and you always fold the shoe in a respective location, then that crease will become deeper and deeper and will not go away, which would have been the case in the beginning. So if you put all of these changes together, it's actually pretty complex because Facial aging is so different. Every structure can be affected different. Every structure can age different and at a different pace. 
and it's highly different between individuals. But the good thing is there is knowledge out there to understand facial aging. There's knowledge out there to counteract facial aging and to change how facial aging presents to us. But the underlying cause, the underlying process, that is, I'm really sorry, irreversible. That's kind of, it will not stop. It will continue. It will tick, tick. But the good thing is there are a lot of methods to change those things. So I think, Pete, that's kind of still a positive, right, when it comes to how facial aging presents to us. It is, and it's all very fascinating. And with social media and all the advertisements you see coming across your feed for lotions and creams and facial toners, and recently I even saw some articles about facial yoga, what you're saying is with all the different components of facial aging, those products can really only address like 20% of the overall contributors to facial aging, right? Yeah, that that's right. So I think I think understanding aging and what we can do about it is we're just scratching at the surface, you know, in in, in literally in, in the meaning of the word and but there's so much more out there. There's so much more below the skin, there's so much more effects that we can induce and this is why multimodal treatments and a lot of other treatment op- options um are increasingly popular and becoming more and more increasing so i'm really looking forward what the future might bring and and no one says actually that the creams don't work or that the facial yoga doesn't work i mean it works it has its effect it's kind of it works it's good um it makes people happy and i think if it makes people happy then yeah this is a great thing to do but understanding the why understanding the cause of what we see and then targeting with precision with knowledge and individualized to every patient i think this should be what we all should thrive for and i think that should be the thing of the future and um however in the interest of time, I would like to thank you very much, Pete, for being with me today in this episode. And um, again, this was just the first part of the introduction to the face because we're going to have many more to come. Actually, we have four more to come, which are going to be released on a weekly basis every Friday. And um, I'm really looking forward to seeing the next ones coming. Thank you very much for joining me, Pete. Good to be back. This is going to be an exciting series. (laughs) Absolutely. So guys, stay tuned for the next one.